listening to the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast, hosted by J.J. Duke, an all-access pass to Fairfield University Lacrosse. Hey, Stacks fans, welcome back to another episode of Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast. This is already episode number seven. My goodness, this season is already flying along, and we have barely gotten out of March at this point. Or In fact, we're still recording on February, but probably this will be coming into March. On your speakers, I'm alongside Andy Copeland, J.J. Duke with you. And, Coach, we uh, we dial back to Saturday the 16th, the opener against St. Joe's. I know you and I talked a lot in the lead-up to that game about a lot of personal development, a lot of looking, you know, kind of what happened in the past, trying to right the wrong a little bit. When you got to the locker room after that game, wasn't the best performance. What was going through your mind after that one? Uh, I mean, uh, obviously a number of things. I mean, certainly frustration from from the outcome and just the way that we played, but also, uh, you know, just some perspective here, too, that we had to quickly flush that one and kind of kind of fix some things internally and then look ahead to Sacred Heart. But look, I I, I give St. Joe's a lot of credit and you're around college athletics for for long enough. Sometimes you just you, you have those games where. Uh, absolutely nothing can go right for one team and absolutely nothing can go wrong for the other team. And, uh, and, and, and that was kind of case in point there. So tip your cap to those guys, those guys, those guys gave it to us pretty good. Um, you, you know, I, I, I feel like we could, we could play those guys a hundred different times and I'm not sure you have that result, you know, a, a, another single time. But, um, if you are going to go through something like that, you know, it certainly helps to have it take place earlier in the year than later in the year. So, uh, provided us some, some perspective and I was really proud of the guys and their response, uh, leading up to, and during the, the, the game against Sacred Heart. Yeah. That's the thing I was curious about because you watch the Sacred Heart game. We're going to get to that in a moment, but it looked like the group was really feisty out of the gate. They came out strong and that really must have shown that they had a really good week must have been a lot of fight out there and you know you talk about the bounce back ability and that's kind of the big cliche in sports if you have some adversity you have to bounce back what was that week of practice like for this group yeah we we, we really I mean we, we really challenged their toughness I just felt like we got pushed around against uh, against St. Joe's and that's a that's a lousy feeling to, to just kind of have to admit that um but 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 I think it was I, I thought it was the reality of, of of how that game went. So we challenged their toughness and just our ground ball play. Certainly, we had to to fix some things at, at the faceoff X. We ended up going with James Corsonetti in uh, in goal, and I thought he, uh, he he played very well, well enough to certainly receive some CAA accolades this this past week. Um, and I, I just felt like we played harder. We had a better energy about ourselves. I mean, I think there was maybe a 10-minute window in the second quarter where, where I thought uh, we, you know, our, our, our compete level was probably not where it needed to be. But outside of that little window, I thought we uh, we put together a pretty complete game. That you did, and you know, this is the first time the Fairfield's played Sacred Heart. It's not like it's two schools that are many miles apart. It's only about a 15-minute drive or so, depending on traffic. But the first time you've played them since 2005. Um, why was it important for Fairfield to get Sacred Heart on the schedule this year, especially knowing that Sacred Heart, for those that don't know, they've got a pretty good ball club over there now. Yeah, they're 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 really good, and I think as I mentioned in the previous podcast with you, I mean I'm I'm pretty friendly with their head coach John Basti. He's a Fairfield alum. He's a really good guy. I got a ton of respect for for what he's doing over there with that program. They got. 
they got two guys in particular that I that I'm, I'm convinced would start at, at, at most places right now. So we knew we had our hands full, um, and I think it could it could kind of emerge as a nice little local rivalry here moving forward. But uh, we certainly were, were 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 proud of the outcome. Just anytime you can get those one goal wins, what that does for just your confidence and your morale, uh, you know, is 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 is, is monumental. So uh, you know, hopefully we can springboard that and kind of continue to just get better here. You talk about the two players that could really start anywhere, and one of those being Max Tuttle's two-time NEC first teamer, honorable mention All America last year. He was really quiet on the day. Your defense really swarmed him amongst other key players on their offense, kept them you know, off the board. There was one player in Joseph Jay-Z who had you know, a multi-point game, but outside of that, it was a number of other players that really had to step up. Was that one of the things on the scout for you guys to say, okay, if you, know, you can't stop all players, but if you can keep one or two within kind of a certain range, you might be all right, or was it just kind of figuring out on the fly and it started working? No, I mean, total total is is every bit as advertised, and he 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 certainly forces you to, to to game plan for him. So we had uh, we had a good plan for him. I thought our guys did a good job of executing it, and they. Uh uh, I mean, look, they were they were winning the, the the large majority of the game, so nothing really came easy for us. We just had to fight and fight and scratch and claw and the whole thing, and finally we we were able to kind of tip the scales there late uh, late in the fourth, and then it was just kind of holding on for dear life. But we uh, we, we got out of there with a win. Yeah, you did, and two youngsters really showed up nicely in the fourth quarter, and really actually the entire game for that matter were Patrick Drake and Brian Rita, uh, both three-plus goal games, really look comfortable, especially in late on, because you had to come back a little bit. Um, you had to set the tone in the fourth quarter, which you did in those two. You know, they showed up the best. Yeah, the, the, those guys, those guys have some ice in their veins. I mean, those two, along with along with James Corsonetti and Cage. I mean, I, th- I think we we started four freshmen, um, and I uh, and I give that that class certainly a ton of credit. I just think uh, they're they're as college ready of a, of an incoming freshman class as we've had in a long time. So get those guys as much experience as we can, and uh, hopefully they just continue to get better as the season moves forward. And another, a little bit of a more veteran who showed up, who has you know that supposed ice in the veins. He had another big game late on. We had him last year against Hofstra, pull up the late goal. Travis Ford again coming through clutch. You know, are those players like a Ford, like a Drake and a Rita, the ones that maybe live for the big moment a little bit, and then you see their best colors? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was really proud of Travis because I thought they uh, they had kind of contained him for, for, for three quarters and we just needed a big play out of him and he certainly had a couple down the stretch. But, I mean, between him and Dylan Beckwith as juniors and, and, and Patty Drake and, uh, and, and Brian Rita as freshmen, uh, you know, and then you got Taylor Strau as a sophomore, Brennan Quinn as a senior, but those those were probably our top six offensive guys and I thought uh, all six of those guys uh, just kind of brought it when we needed them to. We, t- we touched a little bit of this on the leadership podcast, but I want to hear about it from you as well. With the two first, you know, first-year freshman players and uh, Drake and Rita up front, how much do you see them gelling and working with your upperclassmen? Because you know, it's small sample size, but they definitely, as you mentioned, they look college-ready, but they're also showing out on the field. So are they kind of being sponges right now, or you know, is there just a nice cohesion, if you will, that they came in with? Yeah, I, I think part of it is all, all, all those guys that I mentioned really like each other personally. So, you know, that that, that can sometimes lend itself to just uh, having having a natural chemistry on the field. And then uh, part of being a freshman and, and playing is just that trust factor. Like, do you, do, do, you, do you have your teammates trust in terms of how hard you're going to work, in terms of being in the right spots, in terms of finishing opportunities, in terms of just the effort that you're going to give? And uh and I think those those freshmen right now have kind of earned the respect and trust of the upperclassmen right now. So give them uh, give them a lot of credit. 
now as we kind of look forward and we'll preview the Rutgers game in a moment here, what are some of the bigger takeaways that you thought, okay, there's still plenty that we can clean up, but if there are one or two big specifics that's been worked on this week, what is that? Well, coming out of Sacred Heart, I thought uh, we, we really failed in the clearing game. I, I think our clearing percentage right now is like 67% or something brutally bad. So we uh, we certainly had to had to do some reflection there and make sure that, that we get that fixed in a hurry here. Otherwise, that could just be our kryptonite. So, uh, you know, we, we kind of have a, a little bit of a new plan, and I think guys have embraced that. And, uh uh, you know, part of the low clearing percentage was, was kind of well-intentioned. We were trying to go ahead and get out and run a little bit harder from defense to offense and spark some transition, but in the process, we got a little bit careless with the ball. So what's the balance between, you know, trying to get out versus being a little bit too conservative in the clearing game? And, um, you know, we're just we're just kind of working through that. But uh, but I'm confident that we'll be better in, in, in that area on Saturday, but certainly Rutgers poses a, poses a whole slew of issues, so they're a, they're a good ball club. And with maybe perhaps the new shot clock and you only have the 20 seconds to get the clear, is it maybe a little too much pushing, you think, mentally, oh, I only got five seconds to get rid of it, get it across the timeline, or is it still you, know, you kind of expected this, or, you know, what is there a reason behind with the shot clock, or is it still just, you know, figuring out exactly – what the plan is? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure it was so uh, so shot clock specific that that caused us to have some clearing woes. I think it was just uh, you know maybe us getting a little bit too far out in front of our skis and taking some some high risk high reward chances that you don't you don't necessarily need to take. And with the shot clock now on the offense, do you think in a couple of weeks now does it really change anything? Because it looks like pretty much yeah, there's a few more shots, more not so much possession shots, it's shots on goal, but it looks like the game maybe just a little bit more up-tempo, but it's almost kind of the same as it was. Yeah, I don't think it's changed too much. I mean, maybe it forces you to sub a little bit faster. Um, and then, uh, you know, I've, I've said this a few different times now, but but missing the cage hurts you more than it has in the past because it just allows their defense to reset their matchups or jump into a different defense or something like that. So, uh, you know, you got to focus on kind of your, your, your on-cage shooting percentage. Um, but no, I I think our guys enjoy it, and I think we're we're pretty comfortable uh, with the with the rules right now. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Corsonetti had a very good game and definitely deserved the accolades. One player I think uh, doesn't get enough credit for how he performed this past week was Frankie Labetti. He was outstanding at the X, winning 21 faceoffs, set a new program record for ground balls in a game, and he had that big you know bounce back performance that he needed after a tough start against St. Joe's. Yeah, Frankie's an animal. He uh, he is made of the right stuff as a person, as a competitor, as a teammate, as a winner. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I think in high school he was a he was a three year captain. I mean, he's just one of those uh, he's one of those all world uh, personalities. So uh, we're we're really proud of uh, of his response, and and we also just trust him um, in, in terms of what he's going to give us. And I thought you know the, the the week one was a tough matchup for him, but I don't you know I, I, we we got a lot of trust and faith in Frankie right now, so he certainly is our guy. All world personality, so I'm curious. You have Brendan Quinn on one corner. Is a bit of the uh, the jokes there in the locker room. What are, what are we expecting out of Frankie? Or do we need him on this podcast just to have a little bit of a you know counterpoint to point? Yeah, for, for Frankie, he's just he's just a he's just a great person. He uh, you know he's 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 fun to be around, but he just uh, he does the right things. He says the right things. He's a he's a worker. He's a lead by example guy. Um, just uh, yeah, I mean he, he's he, he's a special one. It's awesome. Get now looking ahead to this next week, and in fact, this is gonna be a busy time not only for you guys but for entirety of Fairfield Lacrosse. Five games in eight days across the board here at home at Rafferty Stadium. Men have three games. We're going to look at the first two here coming this Saturday. 
March the 2nd against Rutgers. Now that game is going to be a game you can watch on the Lax Sports Network at 1 p.m. There will be a link up on the Fairfield Stags website. Uh, Rutgers 2-2 two and two on the season. They beat Lafayette St. Joe's or St. John's, excuse me, to open up. Uh, they lost a nail biter to Army and then hosted the number one team in the nation, Loyola. Lost 13-7. to This is a group in Rutgers that these two teams, they've tangled up quite frequently over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, Big Ten lacrosse still very much a powerhouse, albeit a smaller conference, but still you're always going to face a tough t- challenge whenever you face a team like a Rutgers or an Ohio State or a Michigan. So, you know, kind of setting the baseline here, what should we be expecting from the Scarlet Knights? Yeah, they are. They're really good. I mean, we've we've played them the last few years. I know their head coach Brian Breck pretty well. Uh, even way back when I first got started in in the in the coaching world, and I was the head coach at Marist. Brian was the head coach at Siena at the time. So we've we've competed against each other, uh, you know, a, a number of different times. I think he does a terrific job. Um, I mean, look, Rutgers is really good. I think during the, the the preseason, I think everybody was talking about them as kind of a preseason top ten team. They they, they return a you know a lefty Canadian attackman. Uh, who the two previous years had unfortunately ripped his knee, and they get their goalie back, who's in his sixth year right now, a kid Max Edelman, who's a lefty, first lefty we've seen this year, but he's he's really good and he's kind of given us some issues the last few years, and then I think they have they, they have one of the most kind of bright underrated attackmen in the country, kid number four, Kieran Mullins, uh, you know, and then they got another fellow who who's kind of on the right wing, but I, I think the attack is the strength of their team, and if I'm looking at kind of the roots of Rutgers lacrosse over the years, I think it's been transition based and early offense based, so. Uh, they are they are athletic. I think they have a great culture. They they, they, they play really 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 hard. They're they're good in the specialty spots, and uh, and we'll have our hands full for sure. Um, I mean I think our guys are up for the challenge. I think they're ready to, to, to compete really hard. But I got to imagine we have a we have a bunch of angry Scarlet Knights coming into town here too. I mean I I'm, I'm sure per per their standards they weren't expecting to be two at two in this uh, two and two at this stage of the year. So uh, it should be it should be a fun one. Yeah, it should. Now I'm curious when you talk about a lefty goalie. You know, what kind of differences do you see out of a goalie like that as opposed to a righty? For those maybe who don't know much about, you know, different types of goalies and what can you expect? Yeah, I mean, it, n- nothing really alarming. Just that we don't we don't have a lefty goalie on our roster right now, so it's just something that our that our guys don't see on a daily basis. So it's just you kind of have to plant that seed early, and maybe uh, you don't want them overthinking their shooting, but maybe they're just trying to put the ball to different places than uh, than they would against a righty. Yeah, it's interesting. So, uh, you know. You two have squared off the last few seasons. Uh, there have been different types of games in this you know, recent series. Rutgers has won all three of the last meetings. But last year, it was a close game, pretty much right down the wire. Fairfield trailed 8-7. Um, it was Rutgers that scored a few goals, four straight inside the last 330. But there were a lot of good individual performances from that game. And I know you came away from that when we spoke off air you, you were pretty confident about how the team performed that day what was the biggest takeaway from that game last year that it may or may not help you this year but at least knowing hey okay you know we can battle with these guys yeah i i think it's just the the idea of playing a complete game i mean if my memory serves me right i i think we had kind of a, a couple like five minute stretches where we just we probably relaxed a little bit and kind of let our guard down and they're they're good enough to take advantage of those situations so um Certainly can't let that happen. I mean, you, you you can't you can't give them anything through just self-inflicted wounds, right? So you have to 
you have to make sure that you are uh, you're, you're playing a clean game. We certainly focus on the clearing game better than what we did in our most recent outing. Uh, hopefully, we're, we're we're having a high percentage shooting day, and uh, and we're certainly accounting or containing or, or, or trying to contain what what I think is one of the top five attack units in the country. You mentioned also the special teams too that could become a big factor. They're outstanding on the kill. They've killed off eight of their ten that they've seen. Uh, they've only scored one up goal but it seems with Fairfield they're always been last couple of years a really strong up team also very good down team so is it going to be one of those days where you better be sharp and better not take any you know needless penalties because that might be the difference yes certainly I mean we we, we never want to take stupid penalties I mean I, I, I think uh, you know yeah you just you, you got to be disciplined over over kind of emotional that sometimes can, can put your man down but um, yeah on the man up I was proud of the guys in our in our recent one I think we were four out of five something like that so we're, we're starting to, to, to improve there some um, I think last year against Rutgers our man up was 0 for 2 and I just don't think we generated particularly good shots so while I feel like we've been decent on the special teams I also totally agree with you that that is one of their strengths as well so we need to come up with a good plan make sure that the guys stick to it and, and hopefully you just uh, you can get one by, by Edelman and Gage. Well, it's going to be definitely a fun one to watch, and as we mentioned, that's going to be streaming on the Lax Sports Network now as opposed to years past. That is a free service, so uh, we'll have a link on fairfieldstags.com, but that will be set for 1 p.m., but we hope that we'll see you out here at Rafferty Stadium. As we mentioned, it's going to be a busy time uh, for both lacrosse teams, but for the men's team, we've got three home games in the span of eight days. We will just take a quick look uh, at the next home game coming up. It's going to be against Siena. Uh, on March the 5th, that's going to be Tuesday afternoon at 3 p.m. You can watch that on the Stag Sports Network on the Fairfield Athletics Facebook page. Now, Sienna, for those probably figuring, well, that's a familiar name because that's, of course, a MAC rivalry across a number of sports. Fairfield played Sienna. They were in the same conference for you know the mid to late 90s in the MAC. Fairfield has obviously moved on. Siena, they're traditionally a, a strong team within the MAC. They've won three titles since 2009. They've been trying to figure out their way over the past couple of years, but they've got a new head coach in there, and it seems like, you know, so far, you know, it's going to be a decent test for you guys. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's going to be our first midweek tilt of the year. I mean, I think when when, when we get to sat Saturday here against Rutgers, I think we have seven games in the following three weeks. So that's going to be a, that's going to be a busy three weeks where it's just going to be a dead sprint. Um, but uh, I, I I frankly have not watched a ton of Siena right now. All my focus is on uh, is on Rutgers. But with that said, I do know sometimes when you have a new head coach, there's kind of that honeymoon period, and there's a new energy and just a newness to the whole thing. So I expect them to be really motivated. Uh, I don't think that they play this weekend. So so I, I think they would have had kind of eight, nine days of recovery and just kind of focus on themselves. And, and I'm sure when you when you don't play a game for that long, right, then all of a sudden you're kind of itching to get back on the on the field competing against somebody else. So we're expecting their very best, but uh, but before we get to Tuesday, we gotta we, we got to focus on playing well Saturday here. And you mentioned about that quick turnaround a lot of games in short period of time it, in a perfect world you'd love to play one game a week but that's just not possible in the lacrosse scene so how do you keep the group going from years past obviously this is going to be a new group and how they respond but you know having that short turnaround you're going to be playing Tuesday Saturday Tuesday Saturday and there's a Friday game mixed in there as well the next couple of weeks how do you keep them sharp and also you know not too fatigued as we get from game to game because certainly that could be a factor yeah, I, I think you definitely have to have to focus on recovery. Um, I, I I think sometimes you you probably shrink down the amount of turf time that you have, but you you, you increase the amount of, of film time and just team meetings that you have. So the guys need to be mentally sharp. Uh, you know, certainly with with the quick turnarounds. Um, 
And then I also told them going into this week too. I mean, they kind of know what 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 the deal is. So this is our last full week up until kind of conference play, where we really have to kind of focus on ourselves and get us right. So I think the guys really kind of embraced that that idea. And we've had a good week of practice right now. But yeah, it is uh, uh you know, it's it's going to be a busy busy three week stretch here for for staff and for our players. But uh, but again, I I like this group's ability just to kind of like just to move forward and move forward and move forward and kind of keep a short-term focus on the next opponent. And certainly at the end of the day, if you want to get into the postseason, if you want to win the postseason, you've got to learn how to win games in quick succession. So this might be a nice little dress rehearsal before, you know, the team gets into the conference sermon, maybe make a run at it. Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, that's uh, it's 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 two games in three days right there where you got to be peaking and playing your best lacrosse to get into the postseason. That's so certainly going to be fun to watch. So, Coach, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes to chat with us, and it's going to be a, a good stretch coming up. A lot of lacrosse, and let's hope that the weather cooperates as well. That would be nice. That would be nice. But thanks for your time, JJ. Good being with you always. Absolutely. So, folks, thanks for, again, listening to another episode of the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse podcast. Make sure to subscribe with us on iTunes as well as SoundCloud by searching, of course, Stag Sports. Network. Make sure to get in touch with us. Let us know what you want to hear from the coaches. If you want any players to come on, you can hit us up on social media. You go to at Fairfield Stags on Facebook and Twitter, at Stags Women's Lags, at Stags Men's Lags, or you can hit me up directly at JJDuke21. So until next time, we'll see you then and go Stags. The Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast is a presentation of Fairfield University Athletics. For all information related to Fairfield Lacrosse, log on to fairfieldstags.com.